Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special year-end episode of The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. Well, contrary to popular belief, it's not still March, and 2020 is finally coming to a close. While it's been a challenging year for so many of us, including thousands of faculty and staff on the front lines of patient care and thousands more working from home, it's also been an incredible year of advancements, milestones, and exemplary work. We're here to share just a few of the highlights from 2020 at The Wrap, where we've gotten to meet so many of the incredible team members who make Michigan Medicine a world-class organization each and every day. Now, obviously, COVID-19 has dominated the headlines, both at Michigan Medicine and across the globe. As the pandemic was surging, we had a chance to sit down with respiratory therapists who were doing everything they could to help patients and families. Now, more specifically with regard to COVID-19 patients, what sorts of things are you doing to help on the floors? Um, so on the floors, uh, obviously, we we're just doing mainly treatments, high flow, um, oxygen delivery. Um, Tom and I mostly, I believe, work in the ICUs and that. So some of our main support would be um, life support system, ventilators. Um, turning patients over to long-term, so that would involve uh, tracheostomies, long-term care plans, things like that, so. I'd say our role really doesn't change, unfortunately. There's a lot of sick patients that are in the hospital, and they still need a ton of types of ventilatory care. So if they're COVID or non-COVID positive patients, we still have to deliver aerosol therapies, non-invasive ventilatory support, invasive ventilatory support. It doesn't change. It's just the hazard of possibly catching or passing along COVID is now in that mix. While in-person patient care for those with COVID-19 ramped up, so too did virtual care. Check out this conversation we had about the surge in virtual care that will transform how Michigan Medicine carries out its business in the years ahead. What would the two of you say is the biggest benefit to virtual care versus in-person visits? I mean, I think there's a tremendous convenience to it. Um, When I talk to some of my patients for prenatal care, which might typically include up to 10 to 14 visits for one pregnancy, um, for women who are either at home with their children or at work, uh, to be able to do a 20-minute visit uh, instead of, uh, you know, in 20 minutes, instead of driving, parking, waiting, being seen, checking out getting back to your car, driving back to wherever you were, um, just the time savings in that is tremendous. Um, and, uh, and the convenience of it, we, we have been taking care of patients with everything from routine problems to transplants. Um, and it's really been quite um, a revolution. The only thing I would add on beyond the convenience that Dr. Punch referenced is really just that that drives a lot of access for patients. So a lot of patients who might have otherwise delayed getting healthcare during this pandemic were still able to get the care that they needed from our providers. No matter how care was delivered, either virtually or in person, one thing remained constant, a steadfast commitment to enhancing the patient experience. Molly Dwyer-White stopped by to explain how an exceptional patient experience has been provided all year by teams across Michigan Medicine. Now, how have faculty and staff stepped up to sort of overcome those hardships? Honestly, Daniel, it has been, I think that has been, I mean, overwhelming to see on very, very big ways of, you know, seeing how staff that 
came out of different areas to volunteer, to set up, to figure out something that the whole nation was figuring out, the whole world has been trying to figure out how do we take the safest care of these patients um, and how, how does that impact the rest of our patients? And um, so seeing all that amazing innovation, people working really together outside of segment sort of uh, model um, has been enormous. Not only did the RAP deliver an overview of the patient experience, it dove deeper into specific examples of it as well. For instance, a caregiver and parent joined the podcast to discuss the new POKES and Procedures program. When a butterfly clip is released on a blood draw that snaps, it hurts me. Is there a better way to do this? And so their care team was able to suggest some opportunities and some ideas to mitigate that pain, but then also it allowed uh, my girls to learn new ways to deal with the pain. So one of the simple things that um, we learned through Julie's program was uh, to have a buzzy. A buzzy is a very simple little device that vibrates and you can put it near the injection site and it takes away the pain. There's buzzy right there. It takes <laughs> away the pain and um, it fools the body into thinking that that sensation of a poke isn't really happening, even though it is. And the distraction technique of that really helps to soften the poke, you know, to make it so it's not as painful as it once was. We love that. We actually went out and purchased it. And then as being advocates for care, when we went to other appointments and maybe some of the staff had not known about Buzzy, we were able to explain and share that technique. And it's sort of, it's, it's like this wonderful way of dispersing information because the, the users of the program were able to really make a difference and to advocate not just for themselves, but for other patients. 2020 was marked by a lot more than just the coronavirus and patient care. In fact, there was a powerful moment this summer when the organization came together to commemorate Juneteenth amid social unrest across the U.S. Here's more information about the holiday and why it's so important. Now, Alfreda, let's start with you. Can you share with us what Juneteenth means to you? And as the holiday gains more widespread publicity, specifically what you see it meaning to the community itself? So that's a very interesting question. And as I contemplated this question, um, I thought about what it meant to me and what it means to me. Um, my family is originally from Birmingham, Alabama, and I can count and, and trace our lineage back to being able to say that I am fourth generation free slave. Um, in my family. And so it's not so much of a celebration, but it is a solemn occasion um, and a celebration all wrapped into one, an acknowledgement, number one, that there were still um, people of African descent who did not know for you know, nearly two years that they had been emancipated, that they were free. Um, and so it marks the celebration of that liberation, but it also has, for me, um, a solemn tone to it that there were still people who were in bondage who did not know um, that they were free, that they had choices, that they could um, walk away, that they did not have to stay where they were and be treated the way that they were treated. Finally, as we prepare to spend the holidays in much different circumstances than we're used to, the RAP wanted to make sure faculty and staff had the resources they need to maintain their mental and emotional well-being. So over the next week or two, be sure to take some of the following advice from Resilience and Wellbeing Program Manager, Kelsey Stratton. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, lots of other winter holidays are coming up over the next few weeks. We know it will look different, but from a mental health perspective, how should people expect the way that they experience the holidays to change? 
Yeah. Yes, the holiday season will definitely look and feel different. Um, you know, some people have experienced immense losses this year. Um, so there'll be a sense of grief. Um, for others, there might be anger or sadness or anxiety. Um, and there also might be some hope as people are looking forward to 2021. And so all of those feelings are important um, and are, are to be expected really um, during difficult times. And because this has been a, an incredibly difficult year, it's also normal that the holidays may feel difficult or at least different. And so what I would say, you know, first and foremost, be gentle with yourself and with others. Um, that this is a time for flexibility, um, for, um, you know, being present, appreciating things as they come. You know, during winter holidays, sometimes there can be those expectations about what we want or what should or shouldn't happen. And that can lead to feelings of anxiety or disappointment or frustration. And so, you know, just practice letting go of some of those expectations, practice self-compassion, and to refocus on savoring and appreciating things as, as they are. Thank you to Kelsey and all of our guests who appeared on The Wrap this year. If you want to listen to complete interviews and podcasts, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. And since March, we've also been releasing our shows on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel. We hope you've enjoyed this look back at 2020. Before you go, I just wanted to give a shout out to Hunter Mitchell, our audio engineer, without whom none of this year's shows would have been possible. And as always, thank you to all of our faculty, staff, listeners, and viewers for all you have done for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you in 2021.